Hi again, and welcome to another episode of Professors at Work from the American University of Beirut. I'm Rami Khoury, your host. Every week I talk to a faculty member or a scholar, a researcher, or somebody who's working on uh, new discoveries um, in our world uh, through research uh, and occasionally uh, interventions and engagements in society. Uh, and we find out well, what they're doing and what they're finding and what it matters. And uh, this week, I'm very happy to have uh, Professor Rula Khishfi. Uh, Rula Khishfi is an associate professor in the education department, and she does uh, fascinating work, research and interventions and working with students in uh, uh, kindergarten to 12th grade on issues that she will explain to us that have to do a lot with our, our world and the future of our world. So Professor Khishfi, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Rami. I'm very happy to be uh, talking to you about my research. You bet, we are too. So your research is about, uh, you deal in teaching and learning about science and nature uh, and, uh, quote, argumentation in the context of socioeconomic issues. That sounds like something a professor would write. What does it mean in real world uh, language that we ordinary people can understand? <laughs> <laughs> okay, my current research relates to integrating socio-scientific issues and by socio-scientific issues, it means social issues that are science-based. Uh, for example, these issues are controversial. Uh, they relate to society like uh, global warming, like genetically modified food, like adding fluoride to water. Issues that relate to society and uh, it makes science relate to everyday life. Wow. So, well, there's a lot of those issues, right? Yes. And the, most of them are, as you said, controversial in some way. Even things you'd think like vaccinations, some people say, no, I don't want to be vaccinated. Yeah. And the thing with these issues is that there are no right or wrong answers. Uh, and there are different interpretations about these views. And sometimes the science gets interpreted in different ways by different groups. Right. And you're dealing with uh, students from kindergarten to grade 12, right? Uh, I, I try to integrate these issues within um, the high school, at the high school level, and sometimes at the middle school, and uh, to some extent at the elementary level as well. So you're, you're essentially using uh, science and nature issues that impact uh, people's lives in a real way. You're using that to get students, young people, to actually use their minds and think about issues and be able to discuss them or engage in some kind of argument or debate or just a, a constructive discussion. Yes, we use these issues as a context in the science curriculum to introduce, to engage students in argumentation. So they will be constructing arguments, counter arguments and rebuttals. And we also use these issues as context to teach students about the nature of science, how scientific knowledge develops, and uh, how, uh, for example, uh, science is empirical. It relies on evidence. 
it yes. uh, is based on observations, how science or scientific knowledge is tentative, is subject to change based on new evidence and new interpretations. Right. So if you're dealing with the basic uh, dynamic of, let's call it argumentation, is the word you use, uh, we in the Arab region, but also now increasingly around the world, we live in very argumentative societies, very polarized societies where, you know, in Lebanon in particular, almost any issue that comes up, if it's energy, water, food, uh, whatever, uh, is um, is uh, put in the context of uh, different political factions or cultural groups, and they constantly argue and they have a hard time reaching agreement. So uh, your work uh, potentially has impact on a much wider level of life and society uh, as people grow up and uh, engage um, in a, as adults in the process of, uh, of voting or uh, public policy making or whatever, right? Yes, we hope that by integrating these issues and by uh, engaging students in constructing arguments, counter-arguments and rebuttals, that they will be able to formulate an argument about such issue, issues. But not just that, but to be able to formulate a counter-argument and to uh, accept the other point of view and to know that there are different alternative uh, positions and they need to be uh, tolerated as well so so we we gain uh, several things from these issues we gain that we introduce students to such issues that are important to their lives and later on they'll be uh, taking decisions about these issues and also to engage them in argumentation where they learn to accept the other point of view and uh, tolerate it and respect it as well Wow, that's pretty uh, pretty noble objective, and it's good that you and others are trying to do this. Do you have any way to gauge if you're succeeding, or how do you gauge what is success for you? Okay, uh, we uh, I work with several teachers, and uh, after working with these teachers uh, for a while, uh, they try to integrate these issues, uh, nature of science, argumentation, and socio-scientific issues in their classroom as an intervention. And uh, we use uh, a pre-test and a post-test to see uh, what level uh, students are before this intervention and what level they are after the intervention. And right. the pre-test and the post-test, they consist of uh, issues, uh, socio-scientific issues that ask them about argument, uh, their argument, counter-argument and rebuttal, and also their understandings about some nature of science aspects. And right. we, we, we try to see if... Uh, if students' views change as a result of this intervention. And mm -hmm. we try uh, different ways of integrating these issues uh, in, uh, in the classroom. So what's the bottom line? Do you feel you are making uh, breakthroughs and achieving some successes uh, a little bit, a lot uh, in between? How do you assess uh, your progress? 
Yes, uh, when we in, in my studies, I've seen that uh, when I work with teachers to integrate these issues in their classroom in an explicit matter, students' views about nature of science uh, uh, improve with these interventions, and also their argumentations improve. Uh, so there has been uh, positive changes as a result of these interventions and uh, this integration in the science classroom. Have you uh, considered taking this process beyond the 12th grade, for instance, looking at even some of the students who've been in classes where you and your colleagues have worked, as these young kids get into college and then beyond if they don't go to college or if they do, and then they become adults and they engage in society, uh, which is a very uh, polarized, argumentative uh, society in Lebanon and many other Arab countries. Do you see, uh, is there a way for you to track if what you do has an impact on these kids as they become adults and therefore can contribute positively to the um, evolution of Arab societies? Uh, yes, this is a very good question. Uh, my research before has been at the K-12 levels, so in schools. But recently, I've been trying to conduct this research and uh, integrate it uh, at, the, at the university level with, the, with my st uh, students who are uh, training to become teachers. Okay. Uh, so we've been, uh, I've been integrating these issues in my classroom and uh, I'm still studying the impact that it's having on the students. Yeah. Uh, students tell me after the class that uh, they have uh, uh, gained a lot in terms of uh, the way they argue and in terms of understanding these issues. But I'm still studying uh, the effect even uh, as long-term effects and the retention of uh, these views and uh, these conceptions uh, later uh, after they finish the course and uh, to see uh, whether they would retain these ideas and these conceptions. Right. And it's fascinating that you focus on science-based learning. And I understand why, because it's easy to, um, you, you, can, you can make a definitive judgment on saying this is a cold soup or this is a hot soup, or you can say this is a large tree or this is a small tree. You can measure things in science. Uh, but what about if you get into uh, other fields that are more uh, combative and, and, and argumentative, things like religion, identity, uh, political ideologies, uh, sexuality. These are really tough issues, but they're issues that are very uh, active in society, not just in, in the Arab region, but all over the world. Have you uh, thought about using your technique in areas beyond science and nature? Uh, yes, especially with these issues, uh, some of these issues, uh, they address uh, uh, other, other uh, perspectives and like you're saying, sometimes religious perspectives, uh, uh, 
like if uh, we take the issue about uh, uh, cloning yes so uh, there's there are some religious uh, considerations for that and yes. even when we uh, address this issue in the science classroom uh, we try to uh, look at all the different uh, perspectives that are involved and uh, we tell students that they need to be aware of all the perspectives, but we try to tell them what is the scientific evidence behind uh, something so that they would base their arguments on uh, scientific evidence. But of course, there are other factors that are at play, and this is what makes these issues fascinating and uh, uh, close to society and part part of our uh, everyday life right. because they involve all these issues and uh, sometimes when um, the teacher integrates these issues in the classroom uh, يعني, uh, students get into hot debates about it right uh, as I always tell my student teachers that uh, what uh, it's 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 uh, it doesn't matter whether students take this side or that side as long as they are able to support their position with evidence and they are able to defend it. And uh, when this kind of work goes on, uh, you're basically working with. Uh, students who are learning to be teachers. You're also working with teachers who are already teaching and school yes. principals and maybe Ministry of Education. But presumably you're, you're working at pilot level that you, you can do this in a small number of classrooms and a small number of schools, right? Or are you able to reach, you know, hundreds of schools? Uh, we have been working with some schools, but uh, because we integrate these issues uh, with our uh, students who are studying to become teachers, so mm -hmm. in this way, we hope to have more impact when these uh, students actually teach in their, in their classrooms, they will integrate these issues and we will have a, uh, a larger scale of, uh, of uh, disseminating these issues and these ideas. What about using, say, the mass media uh, or other institutions in society, like, for instance, uh, you know, churches and mosques, religious institutions, or cultural community, artistic places in the community. Are there other mechanisms whereby you can promote this uh, dynamic of, uh, of uh, rational, reasonable human beings who have different views on an issue, being able to discuss them based on evidence and argument and counter-argument, etc.? Is there a way you can take this very important uh, goal and spread it through society in a faster way. Yeah, that would be that would be really um, a very uh, good way to to do that. We we need to explore more these venues. Yeah, and even social media, you could you know probably come up with a you know um, a twenty minute uh, weekly uh, discussion among people with different views 
done by the students. That would be fascinating. And then let other students uh, listen to them. And on social media, it could spread quickly. Yes, and it's good. we can highlight uh, several of the uh, issues that are not just global, but local environmental issues that are uh, uh, currently discussed in the media. We can uh, look at them and target them from uh, this perspective. Right. Are you working with both government, public schools and private schools? I've been working with uh, private schools mostly. And have you uh, tried to uh, introduce this into public government schools? No, it's a project that I'm aiming to do, to introduce that more at the public uh, schools. Mm. Uh, is it correct? I remember reading something recently that some astounding percentage of uh, primary, secondary and primary students in Lebanon are in private schools, something like 60% or 70%? Yes, yes. Yes. So the private schools are much more significant in terms of impacting society than the public government schools. Yeah, but I I think that that might be changing uh, now with the situation that we are having in Lebanon. Uh, there have been many... Uh, uh, parents moving their children to public schools. Because of the financial stresses on them? Yes, yes. And has the public school system been able to absorb more students? They've been trying. They've been trying. Yeah, because the education sector is fascinating how in every dimension of life, I've been working as a journalist for 52 years in the Arab region and different countries, and in every dimension of life, at some point, the education system steps up and is shown to be a critical actor in the issues that society is trying to deal with, in the well-being of individuals and families, in uh, uh, socialization of people, uh, harmony in society. Any, any dimension of life you look at, the education system is absolutely critical. I totally agree. Education is the place... Uh to to go in uh, in uh, in these cases and it's the future yeah so we only have a few minutes uh, left Rula. uh tell us what are you planning for your next steps in this research uh, I hope to be able to do it at a larger scale. Uh, like when you asked me if I would in integrate these issues uh, in the public schools, that would be something that I look forward to do. And uh, it's uh, on my radar. And uh, I hope to integrate, uh, to involve more teachers in uh, integrating these issues and uh, to make more impact even at the university level uh, in my courses and in uh, other uh, instructors' courses as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can't help but ask one last question. Um, I, I do a lot of research on issues of poverty and inequality in, in the Arab region. And one of the fascinating things that crops up is the focus, the better understanding now that that if somebody is in a poor family, uh, a child, uh, a young child, um, early childhood development, you know, the ages of one and 10 or something like that, 
that the early childhood development of somebody determines most of the time their fate for their whole life. So if they're born poor, they're going to stay poor. If they're born middle class or upper income, they'll probably stay. What are your findings on the different age groups? So if you're dealing with, you said you had some kids in kindergarten, some people in middle school, some people in high school, and now you're dealing with college a little bit. Um, what's your sense of at what point in the age group of kids or young people, they are most open to uh, understanding and adapt and adopting and applying the kinds of uh, values and techniques that you are trying to instill in them? Uh, we can start as early as the elementary and uh, integrate such issues uh, when they're studying about science. Like we can uh, help them to understand the difference between observations and inferences. Uh, we can highlight the role of evidence. And so we can start with aspects that relate to the nature of science. And even we can help them to argue to any claim that they make, any conclusion that they reach, it needs to be based on evidence. So in this way, this is engaging them in an argument to base their claim on an evidence. So uh, if we start at an early age, it will, we can instill that, uh, those critical thinking uh, skills in students. And uh, uh, it, it, definitely it's good to start as early as that. And then they will, that will help them throughout their lives. Wow. And even it will help uh, يعني, these issues uh, especially when we introduce them to environmental problems that we are uh, locally facing in Lebanon, this will be a good context because uh, they affect our lives and uh, their lives, and they will affect the future as well. Of course. Yeah, and if you've got little kids who live in a village somewhere and they suddenly see that the local water spring has dried up and there's no water, uh, yeah. There's a great issue that, based on science and facts, and impacts their life and well-being and their very existential, you know, uh, life on Earth. <laughs> in many cases. Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay, we've run out of time, uh, Dr. Rula Khishfi. Thank you so much for being uh, my guest today. Rula Khishfi is a professor, associate professor of education at AUB, and. Uh, I'm pleased to have done this interview and we will follow up on some of these issues and so many different other dimensions of, of education and, and the and raising of young generations that can really argue and discuss and disagree and agree uh, in a civil way, which is a, a global challenge, not just in Lebanon and the Arab region. So thank you, Dr. Khishfi. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank and you. Thanks, and thanks to our audience for being with us. And please join me again next week for another episode of Professors at Work. I'm Rami Khoury, your host. Bye for now. <laughs>